Welcome back to the Pause Wine Play podcast. My name is Josh, and we've got Vince here. Yo! You'll notice just the two of us today. We are working with the two-man fast-forward episode here um, as we talk a little bit about movies, what's going on, what we've been watching, and the 2023 feature film, No One Will Save You. I know yeah. a lot of times you kind of wait to say it, but I just figured I'd lay it all out there. Yeah, Kind of say right what we're it. doing, talking about it, and yeah. How many people do you think actually know about this movie? <laughs> Here's the thing. I think maybe not a ton, but I'd say more than you probably think. Like oh, you would maybe talk to someone and be surprised. Oh, hey, I did watch that. Because when it first released, I think it released two or three weeks ago, I want to say. Oh, I know when. Oh, you know? He's got It is facts. September 22nd it came out. Yeah. So that's about two or three weeks, right? Yeah, three, farther back four, than I thought. Maybe because I just started he hearing about like the little scuttle on it. You know, mm -hmm. some of these podcasts I listen to, they're all talking about it, saying how interesting it was and stuff. So, I'm like, what is this thing? Yeah, because and the reason why I think maybe it would be a little bit higher on the list was I also saw it come up. Me, it was mostly just when I was on Hulu looking at other stuff. It was for the first few weeks it was out, it was constantly in like the top two or top three movies being watched on Hulu. And obviously it's a, you know, it was originally released on Hulu. It wasn't in the theaters first or anything. So that'll boost its numbers because it's original and straight to Hulu. Mm -hmm. But at the same time I was like, Hey, this could be good. I do think I saw a trailer for it a while back too. I, I when they first dropped a trailer, I think someone shared it with me and I completely forgot about it though. And that's, I have so many movies that are like that yeah. where I see a trailer and I'm like, oh my goodness, it's going to be so good. And then it's either, oh, that's coming up or, oh, that already released. And I didn't <laughs> even like know that it came out, but yeah. I was definitely excited to see, let me see, Caitlin Dever. Is that her name? I don't know yeah. the pronunciation. Yeah. I was excited to see her in something else because I loved her in Dope Sick. Did you ever see Dope Sick? uh, -uh. Dope Sick was great. It was I saw her in Booksmart, though, and she was oh, great in Booksmart, yes, too. Yes, definitely. And so I was like, oh, yeah, this could be really this good. Could be like, the one. It, it looks interesting. I think this was one of those ones where I was just kind of sitting there and scrolling through, trying to decide another horror movie oh, really? to keep my whatever, and on it popped up. On the Huluween. On the Huluween. Uh, I wish that I was watching more spooky movies, but I'm not. Um, I think I'm going to watch the Fall of the Hash House. Fall of the House of Usher here in a little bit, like mm -hmm. leading up to that. But haven't really been watching any spooky stuff. I did finally get around to seeing the creator, though. Right. Um, I was a little disappointed. I had I've heard a lot of really mixed things high expectations for it. The trailer looked like everything that I wanted from a movie. Uh, but I didn't, I didn't really hit as hard as I expected it to. It looks absolutely fantastic. Um, the story, the way that the story rolls out wasn't as, it's not like your typical action blockbuster. It's a little more, uh, slow and thought provoking and, and it actually is like cut into chapters, which I thought was interesting. Mm. And that's, those are all sound like great things, you know, like it's not a typical blockbuster. That sounds awesome. You know, give me something with a little more, like a little more depth unique, a little more depth and art or whatever. But for some reason, the way that it kind of rolled out the story, I just didn't never really like clicked with it. But man, their visual style is awesome. Like it's got that old kind of like uh, retro. Uh, I don't know how to explain it. Kind of a just like an old way of filming it. Like it kind of looks kind of like grainy a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, makes you really feel like you're kind of like grunge filmmaking, you know. And the CGI, the visual effects look fantastic in it. And that that in itself, like 
just visuals just alone check boosts out. up. Yeah, boosted up in my in my ratings list. Like it's it's worth checking out, but it wasn't my favorite, which is kind of a bummer. Um, and then I do have to report on Ahsoka. Yes, I was I gonna ask. It. Yeah, uh, I kind of talked down about it a little bit on the last episode that I talked mm-hmm. about it. Um, and still some of those things I talked about, I still kind of feel the same way, but I did a rewatch where I jumped back and I decided right. to watch episode one clear and then watch the finale when the finale released. Mm-hmm. I liked it so much more on a yeah. second viewing. <laughs> yeah. Just I think, fun. yeah, it was fun. Um, I really love like Balin that I talked about in the last episode. I really love that character. He, they leave it like the whole series on a cliffhanger. So we'll see what happens with him mm-hmm. later. But after you kind of get used to, like I said, the kind of weird prosthetics and paint jobs on the faces and stuff, you just kind of roll with it, you know? Like once you're past the actual uh, production design in this setup yeah. and you just move with the story and where it fits in with the universe, exactly. it can just kind of flow. Exactly. And it's just like there's still some characters that I just really don't care for or <laughs> really care about you know, what they did in the series. But overall, I actually really enjoyed it. And there was a character that shows up towards the end of the series that I really didn't like in the cartoons that much that actually worked really well for me in this one, even though he doesn't really have a big part to play in it. He's only in a couple episodes, but he actually was, like, really charming in this, like, the moments that he had. And I was like, oh, maybe I do like this guy after all. And in his defense, he's young in the cartoons, so he's just kind of an annoying kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but in this one, he's, like, grown up, and it's like, oh. So anyway, okay. Ahsoka's worth checking out, man. Like, it's not the best Star Wars, you know? But it's up there. It's definitely best in the running for best Star Wars TV. You know, I would say Andor is still peak Star Wars kind of TV. <clears throat> Andor, in a lot of ways, is peak Star Wars. And then I think Ahsoka's, like, right there underneath it. Right there with, like, Mandalorian like, and stuff? Like, yeah, I would I would say I enjoyed it as much as I liked season one and two of Mandalorian, excluding um, season three. You don't yeah, talk about I, it. season three <laughs> was hard. Boba Fett, <laughs> not good. Obi Wan, it's got its moments. <laughs> well, speaking of, if we switch over to my what we've been watching, mm-hmm. Disney Plus TV shows. I'm not really on about them, but have you checked out any of Loki? Season two as it's coming out. I also out. decided to do a rewatch of season one. Oh, <laughs> so yeah? I had a really good time watching like all of them back to back on Ahsoka. So I was like, not? I'm not in a rush to get to Loki. You know, it'll slowly roll out. And so I was like, I'm going to start it. I, I don't remember much of, of the first season to start with. So I think I just finished episode three on my mm. rewatch of it. I think there's only six of that too. I think so, yeah. So it'll be easy and I can jump right into season two as soon as I'm done. I, I watched a YouTube video. I tried to find a YouTube video of what, you know, to remember from season one because yeah. I also was picturing little things here and there, but I couldn't think about where the show had actually yeah. gone, especially all that stuff. And I picked the wrong YouTube video because <laughs> this YouTube video I thought was going to, because it was like everything you need to know before, like remember before Loki season two. And I was like, all right, hit it. And it was like, all right. <clears throat> Thor <laughs> here's what's going on <laughs> the Avengers here's what's go- and it did it all the way through and it spent the same amount of time on Loki season one as it did the rest of them which is about a minute minute and a half so I picked the wrong one yeah. my buddy had texted me Kate who's been on the podcast and he was like oh they do a recap like before the first episode and I was like oh, okay well and I mean it's not minutes. that big of a recap yeah, I, but I was like well I watched this whole thing even if I don't remember all the things from season one let's check it out and see what happens the show itself and where it's trending in the horror elements and kind of the story itself it's really interesting and i 
I listened to a recording of, because it's based on a lot of different works of Edgar Allan Poe, right? And I've listened to a few different poems and things like that over time. I listened to a reading of someone reading the short story of the fall of the house of Usher before I went into this. So at least I knew that story at, ba- at its base. And it's really interesting because it's such a modern like tale of not just this, but multiple of his work. So I'm wondering what they'll keep from this story, what they'll take out in the directions that they're going in. And it's really, really interesting. So like I said, I like it. I've only made my way through a couple episodes so far. I think it'll be good. I'm hoping. Well, he's yet so. to miss for me. So he's got, a, he's got something to, up to here well he does there's so much good stuff right we talked did we talk about dr sleep or i just no well not on a podcast not on the podcast i forget that he did that did you see um totally killer Uh -uh. it's a new one on prime it's an interesting one it's like a it's like a slasher teen time travel movie type of deal so there's like a lot of different genres kind of pushing (laughs) into each other and in some ways it works really well other ways i thought maybe it didn't Overall, I definitely think it's worth like a check out if you're looking for something new, something horror-y for this time of year. It's a fun one that I would say is a, is a, is a good recommend, right? Okay. It's not like I feel like there would be at least something that you'd like in it. I think it'd be very hard for you to walk out being like, that was a complete waste of my time. And then so many rewatches, I'm just going to, or rewatches are just other horror movies. I just got to throw it out because I've been watching so much good horror lately. I love it. Uh, the Conjuring rewatched it, and the first one is just so good. And I wish the other ones could kind of live up to yeah. that first one. None of them really do. Get out the ritual. The Boogeyman is one that released this summer, and they just released it on Hulu not that long ago. I actually kind of liked it. It's a uh, I think Sophie Thatcher who is in Yellow Jackets. She okay. plays the girl who's kind of goth ish. Oh, she's man. the she's the lead in this one and i think she does a great job it's kind of eh on ratings i liked it dr sleep we talked about and of course uh muppets haunted mansion <laughs> gotta get the good i saw the thing that popped up on my instagram feed or maybe it's facebook i think i, I know what it's you gonna see be it? and it had the ratings for every haunted mansion and they're like <laughs> see this muppet haunted mansion the muppets made the best haunted mansion movie <laughs> both critics and audiences agree <laughs> That was one where I was just like, I think I was working and I'm like, throw this up yeah. on the back. I had people next to me and it was just surprisingly good. So well, it's the Muppets, man. You can't go wrong. Yeah, with exactly. Muppets. And that's the thing. Just so much good stuff overall. Um, and I still have a lot on my list that I'm hoping to get to, you know, before you can always watch horror whatever time of the year, but this, but is, the, it's Halloween. this is the special time. I do it during Halloween. So exactly. Well, I'm hoping to catch up on some of that too. So, there was a lot of talks, and I think it ended up switching right in there near the end about the Halloween and Friday the 13th. Uh, I think Friday the 13th, I want to say, franchise, like the, the rights to make movies in those franchises getting sold. And at one point, it was looking like they were both going to go to A24. I think right there near the end, the Halloween franchise ended up getting sold to sold to Miramax, I want to say. But for a while, it was looking like it was A24. And along with that, there is a lot of news lately that's kind of been coming out that says A24 is kind of leaving the small indie movie route and they're looking to kind of make a lot more money in blockbusters. And I had the exact reaction you're having (laughs) right now, which is just like, 
why like i mean it makes them stand apart exactly it's the thing that makes them stand apart and it's what it feels like they almost have their bar set for the quality that they want and they can look at all the different little movies that come out and snag the ones that end up fitting that vibe fitting that kind of feeling and i understand right there so the idea of a24 and we've talked about this so many times before is that they kind of have done that they've They've created this atmosphere of loving these small movies, of having these specific vibes really interesting out there movies. And it creates a feeling for something that we love that we talked about. We want to buy merch for and, you know, be a part of the A24 movie club on on online or whatever. But at some point they're like, hey, we were doing this to be able to gain a following like that. And now and this isn't like a direct quote from anywhere. It's just kind of what, as I was reading around on Twitter, what people are talking about, it's like, all right, well now that we kind of have this, it's like time to make our money mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And just, you know, there's that, I think all of us are just kind of like, don't, don't make the yeah, money. Like, like I kind of have mixed feelings. Like at one part of me is like, no, a 24, you're here to make the stuff that no one else will make, you know? Mm-hmm. And a lot of that stuff, can be really really interesting and and risky Mm -hmm. and that's awesome but another part of me is like for example they they are making or at least they were i don't know if the rights got so they were or are planning on making a halloween or sorry a friday the 13th prequel Mm -hmm. tv show and i look at that and i'm like oh what would a big blockbuster horror look like if a24 got their hands on it and actually let these people take a risk and do something creative and different. And that sounds appealing, but how long is that going to last before they start pinching pennies and just become another studio where they don't dare to take risks anymore? Exactly. If they have these big budget franchise things and they have to worry about ruining the IP instead of doing unique, interesting stuff. So I have this like weird feeling where I'm like, cool, I want to see what they can do with this thing that I love, but at what point are they going to stop doing interesting things? There's a hope there, right? The hope is that it, they can kind of bring that more budget, unique ideas, taking risks to the bigger blockbusters and see taking risks with more money. What can you do with it? Kind of making these big changes on the big screen and kind of hopefully shake up Hollywood itself. Mm-hmm. But there's also a lot of it that thinks that, man, they're just going to kind of slip Sell into out. the ways of everyone else. <laughs> and, oh, man, like when will enough like ever be enough? Because we talk about them not making enough money. They make money. Hey, right? I'm, I'm a they're member of their, Warner Brothers. their subscription. So they're making a five bucks a month <laughs> off me. <laughs> That's got to be enough to at least live. <laughs> But anyways, I didn't want to like go too far into that. I just yeah, kind of had seen it come up on Twitter. Definitely really interested to see where that goes. And we yeah. kind of hope that we can continue to love the A24 movies as they come. There's already been a few good ones this year. Talk to me kind of being right there near the top of the yeah. list. But Which just came out liked. a couple weeks ago. On a... Uh, oh, I think I saw something too that if you haven't watched Talk to Me yet, I believe it's going to release right before Halloween on Netflix. Oh, perfect. As well. I, I, I just know it came 27th. out on disc, so like on Blu-ray. So yeah, that came so out on like can, the 12th or something. Yeah, exactly. So I'm still waiting for that collector's edition for <laughs> A24 to drop. As soon as that one drops, I'll buy it. It's time to get to our main portion of the podcast where we talk about 2023's No One Will Save You. And I'll kind of turn yeah. it over to Vince. Did you have I movie some, info? and Just some basic stuff. There's not a lot on there being a Hulu drop. Mm-hmm. So like... All I heard was it was made cheap, which obviously had to have been. There's like 
five actors in this movie shot in like Louisiana <laughs> and there's absolutely no dialogue. So a lot of those extras, you probably didn't have to pay like that much. Yeah. That much for them. Um, written and directed by Brian, D- uh, Brian Duffield. I hate reading names every time. I'm like, always. Gurger. <laughs> I got to stop being the one who reads off this stuff. I think his name's Brian Duffield. Yeah. Other than that, I just wrote that it stars, uh, Caitlin Dever as Bryn. Because she's the only one that really plays like a heavy role in this. Like there are some mm-hmm. other actors in here, but she is the star for sure. Um, other than the aliens, I don't know what their names are. So, and then <laughs> released in September twenty second, twenty twenty three. That's all really I have on it. So this movie, if, if we kind of talk about things that go along with this movie, this movie was not what I expected. Like that's like the first thing that kind of comes to mind of when I turned this on. I think you mentioned you mentioned the trailer and I think I had seen the trailer, but just from what I'd seen online or just even just looking at the poster and kind of thinking about what it was going to be about and what the movie actually ended up being, I was not ready mm-hmm. for that dramatic of a shift in in style, in genre, in the way that they they went about executing it. It was very very different. In a lot of ways I liked that, in a lot of ways I didn't. Um, I, I think like right off the bat, the first thing that comes to mind is I, they didn't really waste any time getting to the action, right? It, yeah. Like immediately jumps into exactly what this movie is. I think they have like a, like an eight or nine minute sort of sequence at the beginning that kind of introduces you to her as the main character. And even then it kind of just introduces you to her kind of life at home and all that stuff. It's not even, I mean, she goes into town really quick right at the beginning. Right. And it just ends up being. And at what point of the movie did you realize no one was going to talk through the whole thing? Like, did you go into this knowing that already? Or were you just like, when is someone going to say something? I didn't, I had no clue. Like, cause I was, you know, she's doing her thing. It's like, okay. And then, after a while, I'm like, they're just not saying anything. <laughs> like, it's just, there's no no dialogue going on. And then at that point, you notice it throughout the rest of the movie. So, yeah. so that I knew that about it going in, is that some... Minimal dialogue. Yeah, that there was just like, it was just a very quiet movie. And it's not like a silent movie or anything. Like, there's a lot of... Sound. I mean, that's one of the best parts of the movie, is the sound design and editing is just, like, peak. Like, I... It was really quiet at first, like, cause it's like her, like you said, just going around the house and doing like normal things. No one's really talking. So I jacked up my volume fairly loud, not knowing like, you know, just kind of what was on the way. It. And then when it gets to that first, um, action sequence, I guess you would say my, my sound system just started going off and I was just like, this sounds so cool. And, and, uh, so are we going to drop spoilers here? Uh, mm, I won't let's, let's yet. do just like a final quick. Okay. Yeah, so anyway, the, the sound design on it was just like, and everything that was going on was just like, this sounds awesome. They put a lot of work into all the sound effects that need, need to be made. So I was really impressed with that. Um, and I'm really also, I really loved how much story they could actually tell without any dialogue. Like, it's really impressive. And it kind of like, I don't know, it's it's a sign of a good movie or a good story or a good movie because movies are visual, you know, they're visual art right and if you can tell a story without a single person making a word like saying a word like that's an effective movie whether it's got dialogue or not so i was really impressed with how satisfied i was with the establishing of her character and her arc and kind of how she comes out the other end without her ever having to talk about what happened it just like shows you like does the show and not tell it's forced to show and not tell you 
her thoughts or the town's thoughts or all that kind of stuff. I was really impressed with that. And that was definitely one of the things that I ended up enjoying most about this movie is that's such an ambitious thing to do. Yeah. Right. Because it, it ended up being a, a quite complicated story. And obviously her character in and of itself is a quite complicated character. That's a really unique situation to be in and we won't go into it, but there's just a lot of things that go on with her and both from a storytelling aspect, being able to tell that whole story with minimal to no dialogue. And then on the other side of that, Caitlin Dever's performance, mm -hmm. being able to tell that story and being responsible for so much of what happens. Number one, acting against green screen things. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. around it still. And just <laughs> being able to carry a performance so much and convey so much with little to no dialogue yeah, is it's just really impressive is next level. What a fun really, challenge really for an actor too to be like, you're not going to talk in this. So, but it's, but you're you, the main you character to, to act, you know? Exactly. So, okay. Spoilers are dropping now. Okay. Obviously, if you didn't already know, I was talking about her acting against green screen aliens, <laughs> which isn't like a split too much of a split. I mean, I'm pretty the, sure it's in the trailer and the poster is like, a, yeah, it's like a, a UFO. Beam. And also it's eight minutes into the movie. Like they don't waste any time. Like a lot of horror movies. I, it's the recommendation. You hold off showing the monster for as long as possible. And they because kind of do this. Like it honestly felt like that first like action suite sequence, home invasion sequence was mm -hmm. a finale. Like they held off showing the monster. He's walking through like the screen and stuff. So you only see the outline. And I'm over here thinking maybe they're not going to show this monster through the whole thing. No, no, no. <laughs> they show it in its full more than one of them too, of these aliens. And for a straight to Hulu movie, Oh, no, for a, any movie, honestly, it looked fantastic. Like, I think of, like, the pre the last Predator movie, Prey. Loved the movie. Special effects were lacking, you know? Mm -hmm. So I went into this thinking, not expecting a lot for a straight-to-streaming. It looks awesome. It sounds awesome. It's so well done. Like, I feel like this would have been a fun, fun theater movie, you know? It definitely would have been. But I understand why they didn't, like, why it was straight to streaming. Like, I feel like there's not a big audience, audience for a silent movie. Not silent movie, but for a non-dialogue movie. So I don't know how successful it would have been. But, yeah, I was really, really impressed with just the quality of everything on there. The eyes. The that was eyes. the biggest thing. So there's a, bringing it back to Star Wars. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there's a species. You never do this. Um, it's the species that Greedo is. If you know who Greedo is, okay. he shoots him and Han Solo have the standoff. In the in the cartoons, they uh, give the those aliens more depth in the eyes. So when you look into those aliens' eyes, it's like almost like looking into a galaxy. Like it looks like stars and like deep, and they have like like a lot of depth to it and emotion. You know, without uh, I don't know. It's like like I said, it's like looking through a telescope, and it's like I felt like it was the same thing with the aliens in this. There's I don't know if it was like a galaxy in their eyes, but it was like a texture or something that felt alien. Well, just a but texture, beautiful at the same time. You know. Yeah, well, like you said, the galaxy where it kind of looks like just like little specks and little stars and yeah, stuff kind of all kind over. Of it made me think when I went back to kind of revisit some of the things to get ready for the podcast because I saw this a couple weeks ago and I saw that it actually made me think of like space and also like like this ore stuff in this game I've been playing lately called <laughs> Outer Wilds. Okay, it's really really good and it made me think of that where I you, at certain points of the game you kind of go and you're either in space or you're either in these like mines where there's this 
ore, but it has like all these specks of shiny stuff in it. Uh, and that's what it reminded me of. And something. I'm just like, yeah, wh- where it feels like you could kind of just get lost in it. Yeah. Does that exactly. make sense? Yeah. Like either in space or these dark minds or this alien's eyes where it's just that black with the, the specks of light, even though the specks of light give you something more than just straight darkness, it makes you get lost even more because yeah. it's just like, you don't really have a sense of fall into sense of direction. And like you said, it was really truly incredible to actually see that. And like you mentioned, a lot of horror movies, they kind of do hold off as long as they can showing the monster. That's extremely normal for, for horror movies when i watch the boogeyman that's kind of you know that's kind of what they they prey on because a lot of times like it's just a normal thing this is probably a line from a horror movie it's kind of ringing a bell in my head is like once you see something in the light it, it doesn't actually end up being as scary yeah. as you think because in the dark it Your feels imagination can kind of run right? wild with it but this girl she's you know just living this normal normal life you know doing whatever and then an alien's invading her home. Like a real freaking <laughs> alien. And it, and it plays the whole home invasion. Oh, hide here, do this, do whatever. And then all of a sudden, you're confronted with the, hey, no, I actually have a freaking alien like mm-hmm. standing right here in front of me, like mm-hmm. trying to kill me. Like, what am I going to do? <laughs> like, what is happening? And it gets into it so, so fast. So like cool. You said. And these aliens, like, normally with, like, a... I have so many good things to say about these aliens. Like, the design is based on, like, old, like, drawings of people who claim they actually saw aliens and stuff. But they also put their own little, like, unique twist on it. Like, their hands are also, like feet or their feet are also like hands like they can stand up on their little toes and the way they walk like they did such a good job at making it familiar yet unique and different and very alien in itself you know the way they move the those sound effects every time their body moves is like a cracking noise Mm -hmm. the way that the the one moment that little alien that's chasing her around and it's (laughs) it's like they're curious you know they're like going around and they're like exploring this new planet and like they're so interested in her, but they're not threatened by her. And the way that little alien like sits down and it puts its like arms like this and it just like <laughs> watches her. It's just like, like I said, it's like creepy, but also like mesmerizing intriguing. at the same time and intriguing the way they talk. Like you can see the, the, the ruffles the, go up their neck, like, like the, a sound, like wave. the vibrations. And it just sounds like so alien and so weird. Like a lot of aliens don't quite feel alien. You know, they, feel very human to make them more relatable these guys were not like they they were but they weren't they were very alien in their own ways like they you know have <laughs> two eyes and they're kind of standing up and have a rough human figure yeah so you can still see through their eyes like the actions and, and all of these things are just completely different yeah and like you said empathy which ends up being kind of a big part of this movie mm-hmm. is what you can still see while still being completely alien and foreign. And another thing that surprised me is like, like I was about to say in a lot of alien movies, they're kind of, they make the aliens like indestructible or just like unstoppable to like increase that threat. Mm -hmm. She kills the first one, like right in the get go. And like, to me, like the first thing I thought was just like, do you live in this little town? Like you need a gun. Like this would take care of a lot of stuff. If you just had a gun, (laughs) these guys are weak. You stabbed them and you won, you know, like whatever. (laughs) (laughs) it could have taken care of it really quick. But then it, like, introduces, like, the big aliens and then the alien with, like, telepathy, like, just all these different things. Like, it was just really surprising to me that these aliens just didn't really realize what they were getting into, I don't think, when they mm-hmm. invaded. Because they're, they're as weak as we are, but they were, they also felt so unthreatened anywhere they went and just, like I said, curious. I, I think the aliens were my favorite part of the thing, just <laughs> watching them do stuff. Their technology, sorry, I'm like nerdy no, out over please. here. Their technology, like their grav lifts, how 
for them, it doesn't really do anything to them. They can just walk through it. But for like a normal person or for like the pot, for example, like it actually has some weight to it. So you can't just like walk into the light. You have to be fully enveloped in it for it to like pull you up. Otherwise, like the guy who gets half of his body in it and the other half is not and it like cracks his body in half because the the at the the pole or whatever was pulling half of his body but left the other one and so it like snaps him in half or like the pan that gets like shoved up against the wall and it bends the pan and she can't hear it i just thought that was a, such a cool idea of just like if you're in the light it is affecting you if you're outside of it it is not affecting you so if you stick your arm in that it's going to affect the arm but not the rest of the body and will break the arm in half you know those kind yeah, of things it's not just, just going to pull you all the way up but that part of that body is going to be affected yeah it was just such a cool touch that well it's such me it's really interesting attention to detail because that is a really really standard type of alien trope right you know they've got the ufos that's shaped like that and they shoot the light beam that beams you up into the mm -hmm. ship right that's like the most normal alien type of thing you could think of but the fact that they went through and they had all these details about how it works and they got really into the specifics of yeah. it is really interesting for this movie where you're like yeah the aliens are obviously a huge part of this but there's so much detail that went into that to be yeah. like Oh, the heck? Like, so they, cool. they really thought about a lot of <laughs> a lot of things for that. So definitely really interesting. Um, something that I kind of wanted to talk about was this character, right? The main character. I um, Let me remember what her name is. Bryn. So Bryn in this, obviously. They kind of, they do a really good job, like we've mentioned before, telling a lot of the story without as many words. But they kind of, a big part of the story is leaving you waiting for like the info on what's yeah. going on with this character, right? Obviously she's there. Her mom's not around anymore. And she's kind of living in this house that her, that she had lived in with her mom out in the middle of not nowhere. there's people close ish, but not really close. And then obviously she's really isolated. She tries to go into town and she tries to connect with people and learn about people. But you, you just see she's that. kind of like ostracized. Like yeah, exactly. Pushed aside. No one really likes her. No one really likes her purpose. She feels very like uncomfortable going out. She has like high anxiety seeing people, but you don't really know why this is all happening. She does like, I think she does the whole like practice, like smiling in the mirror yeah, yeah, type yeah. of thing, right? Where you're really exactly, like you said, anxious and trying to figure out what to do. And you go out and you're trying to get people to, to notice you or see if you can find friends or stuff like that. And that's what it's like for most of the time. But then other times I'll be confused because then she's at home sipping her wine. Someone calls and she hangs up on it, right? Right away. And I'm just like, what? what is going on with this character? Like, what? what is happening? And it leaves you kind of enthralled. And that's kind of one of the pulling parts of the movie is you're wondering what exactly is going on, right? You're like, why isn't her mom here anymore? Why do the people in this town hate her? Like, what's going on? This lady, you know, spit on her face. Like, what's happening? I like, that was so <laughs> gross. Oh, you're just like, okay. Just like, sat there, too, oh, for it was so a, long. It was a big old loogie, man. Yeah, it, was it was a big one. And so, <laughs> and so I guess, like, the character of Bryn and, and the arc that her story takes because of what's happened in her past and because of like we mentioned before, the empathy that these aliens sort of end up feeling for her in, in her situation is why it actually ends up working out for her in the fact that she'll survive where a lot of other people didn't. Eventually you find out, oh, like this person um, who she's been, what is the... Is it Maud? Maud, is that the name of 
Oh, dang, that's like what, that's what came to my mind. But for some reason, I was like, "That's not it." Like, yeah, it sounds like an old lady name. That's how <laughs> it does. that's how it stuck in my mind. Spoilers: she died. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like her relationship with Maude, and she's been writing letters to her and everything. And and then you find out later on, obviously, right there near the end. And this is kind of what keeps you on grips for so long. Like, oh, what happened? This lady doesn't like her. Her daughter died. What happened? Were they playing? Were they, what's going on? You find out they were in a fight or whatever, and she hit her with a rock. Right. Ended up killing her best friend. Yeah, exactly. And so. Which in that moment, you're just like, oh, this is why everybody hates her. This is why everyone because, hates her. And that doesn't that doesn't show until like three quarters of the way through the movie at yeah. least. So then you learn in that moment like, oh, that's what's going on. That's why she lives by herself. That's why she's kind of hated by the town. And it kind of like everything kind of pieces together. Right in time for her to be like abducted by the aliens or something. Yeah, exactly. For her to be abducted by the aliens. And then the aliens go through well because this is the point where the aliens are looking through her memories we talked about right and oh, right, right. So that's when they she's already abducted but it's right around all that same time that's kind of where they're going back through her past seeing what's going on and it's interesting because th there's a lot of movies that can feel really powerful in making someone confront their past in a way to be able to look at things that they normally don't right where a lot of times you need to be able to confront something to move on. That's just a normal thing as humans. It's a pretty fairly normal movie uh, trope and thing that can happen to be able to move stories forward and be really emotionally resilient. It was really, it, it was interesting in like a good and a bad way where you looked at this one specifically. And I was like, I don't like, are we supposed to empathize with her like these aliens do? Because there's a lot of times where you look at that and you understand the situation she's in and obviously however many years later, she's still ostracized from the town and no one likes her. But at the same point, you're just like, like, yeah, you just literally bricked your girl in the head with that rock and killed her. And these aliens are like, oh man, and she's been ostracized and all this stuff. Like, let's, let's, let's like give her what she wants and she can be like in this crazy mind state where people like her and everything again and, and it'll be cool well they also have that moment where they kind of recreate Maud, and she has that moment where she can apologize and i think that's where like mm -hmm. the only di line of dialogue in the movie is is when she says i think she says she's sorry or something mm -hmm. i can't remember but she apologizes to that so the aliens and us as an audience see that she really has been living with regret for this one you know, moment, moment in her life where she lost control for one reason or another and killed the one person she's closest with, you know? So I can empathize in her with her in that way where it's like, I mean, who, none of us have killed somebody, but who hasn't said something or done something they right. regret in your harshest moment. Right. Yeah. And she's been punished by the community. She hasn't been punished by the law. Like she's not in, jo in jail or anything, but she's been punished by the community. She's been kicked out by society her mom the only other person that she's close with dies so she's living in seclusion by herself no real reason to really go on you know she's dancing by herself like can you imagine the loneliness like after so long like how i don't know i i understand like mm -hmm. from that point of view but i think that was my favorite part of the movie how it all comes together wh where she gets to the point where she's just like can't escape this moment in her life and and the only way that she is able to escape it is by the entire world or the entire town being abducted and then turned into a species that can see from her perspective or feel her 
actual like see and feel the feelings that she's been going through for so long the regret the sorrow the all these feelings and be like oh okay we get you you're as as much of an outsider to this world as we are and you regret what you did so come and join us you know we obviously are having a hard time controlling you (laughs) so like if you're not a threat and you're good and you're you want to like hang out like come hang out and hey we can give you what you want yeah like, and a, it, a little it town where her, everyone likes you yeah it ends with her like having this big smile on her face and like happy with the community and like back into a world where she can actually exist and they have forgiven her or see that she deserves deserves maybe the ability to come back and yeah. live with the community again so i don't know i thought it was a really cool ending and it kind of brought it all like made it more interesting than just a alien home invasion movie. Yeah, because here's the thing. This movie dances with a lot of different genres and tropes throughout the course of the movie because it does that home invasion and kind of really creepy thing right at the beginning. And then it moves to the more apocalyptic type feel as she goes out and people are being kind of abducted around her and the world is kind of realizing what's going on around them as she's trying to sort through it to the emotional more drama kept hey confront your emotions confront your past see what's going on and i really liked what you said and it it almost makes me think a little bit more about this movie and and what they were trying to do and that they actually kind of accomplished it really well of i mean the movie's name is no one will save you right and she's been trying to find a way to overcome her past and get back and obviously the years of trying to fit in with the community and all of that stuff just hasn't worked worked they're not accepting her she's probably stuck there. Cause at first I was like, why wouldn't you just move? And it's like, she's like 18 or 19 or whatever. And you know what the housing market died. is. Exactly. That's the thing. Her mom left her this house or whatever. Right. When she died. And so she gets to keep it. But then it's like, what? Well, I mean, I guess maybe sell the house, but you're but like 18 or 19. Like, I don't know when this takes place, but if it takes place right now, if you've, <laughs> sorry, we don't need to go into the housing market right now, but literally people who have big houses that want to move into a smaller house can't right now because of the freaking interest rates. Because so she's stuck high. there. That's the thing. So she's stuck. So she's got to <laughs> live there. But, but yeah, like you said, basically the idea of she can't move on unless she confronts this past and even if she confronted this past before the aliens and everything happened all that would do would be to help her own progression and her own mm-hmm. healing because the community still wouldn't accept her they would still be moving on the way they did and she just hasn't been able to do it herself and i liked what you said earlier when you said the only way for her to confront and end up getting past this was literally the entire world around her like coming oh, to a halt so that, that she could have this experience with these aliens and be able to move on and be happy. So it's like a weird little, hey, the you know the entire world ended and most of the people in the world <laughs> freaking died. The but entire this, world. This girl's story, we want you to know this girl's story. Like the entire world died, so many people killed, but this girl was having such a hard time fitting in with the community and moving on to her trauma and she freaking did it, guys. The entire <laughs> world ended for everyone and her world is just beginning. Dude, that's the thing. No one will <laughs> no one will save you, but they were able to save her. It's cool. <laughs> like it's so deep for this movie that for the majority of the movie is just big action sequences, you know, yeah. with Jesus. Yeah, it's and way deeper than I would have ever expected it to be. And that's I guess where I kind of lost. I think I ended up giving this three stars on Letterboxd. Um and that's I guess where I kind of not got lost, but kind of we've talked about the things that we liked in this movie where, oh, this whole alien action sequence where they end up 
connecting with her and the ending, how interesting it is to telling the actual story, the beginning where it sets up and the home invasion sequence is actually done really well and really scary. And there's a lot of action that happens in the middle and there's a lot of it that's good, but there's a lot of it that I'm also just kind of like, eh, this is okay. Well, and it's not because of the no dialogue. The no dialogue honestly probably almost makes those scenes better because you can just focus on the action or whatever is happening. Mm. But there was a lot of times where I was just like, okay, like this is happening. They're not talking. The aliens are chasing her. Like, yeah, I think that's I think what's it's, happening. There wasn't a lot of emotional anything to move the story yeah, forward. I think it's almost too much of a good thing. Like mm-hmm. I loved every one of the big action sequences, but there is a lot. Like it, it leans pretty heavy on the big action mm-hmm. sequences to keep this inter- entertaining because they're not having these conversations that dry, you know pull you in and make you yeah. and, and enthrall you. So they're leaning on switching up these different action sequences to make each one of them unique and by themselves are really really good. You know. But, but chained together after an hour and a half of it, it's kind of like, okay, we're, I, I get what we're doing here. Which is why the ending kind of feels so much better because you kind of finally get that emotional, not relief, but the emotional payoff, the payoff. Yeah, exactly. That you were looking for mm-hmm. by being like, oh, she's been in this situation. Let's kind of see where it goes, see where we end up, feel the things she's trying to feel. The aliens feel the things that she's feeling. And then as you get to the end, you kind of see, okay, this is what we were building towards. We finally got here. There wasn't like a lack of payoff. It just kind of took a second for you to get what you were looking for. And that can be a good thing or a bad thing because a lot of times if the movie like makes you wait for something that can be really good because it keeps you enthralled and wanting to know what's happening. I was wanting to know what was going to happen to her and what she had done in the past that would bring it all together. And it it comes together at the end. Just kind of took a while to get there. Yeah. And the movie's not that long. No, it's an hour and a half. Hour and a half. And so that's the thing. It's like, do you want it to be just an hour? Like cut out the middle? (laughs) No, the action sequences were good. It was solid. Just maybe takes some time for the emotional payoff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So overall, I would recommend it to people. That's a fun one. I think it's, yeah, I think it's fun for, it's a fun Halloween movie, but I wouldn't say it's a scary movie. Uh, it's got moments of creepiness, like I said. The beginning especially. But it's more in the, the vein of the how, the blockbuster home invasion style than the slasher or, or mm-hmm. horror genre but it is i think it's kind of a perfect little halloween movie to throw in there. i think it is too i'm like hey if you're like looking for something that you think could be good and think a little bit but still have like a fun good time and in a not i think horror, it'd be a fun one to watch with your significant significant other like your partner your boyfriend girlfriend mm-hmm. i think it's kind of the perfect one for that because yeah. it's creepy enough to like to give you the spooky to give you the spooky and, uh, and get in there and cuddle up or whatever mm-hmm um, but you don't have to pay. I mean, if you don't want to like really invest in this character in her arc, like the, the thriller scenes, the action scenes are fun enough and creepy enough that mm-hmm. it's like gives you those vibes of just like come in here and cuddle up with me on the couch. You know, kind of thing. <laughs> it's kind of that perfect. Like I don't need to pay a lot of attention to this movie, but it still gives me the same effect that other horror movies do. Does that make sense at all? No, I mean, I, mean, I actually a hundred percent. So when you end said. up making out on the couch, you're not really missing much. <laughs> yeah. You're just like, Oh yeah. So, you know, we started making out 15 minutes ago. She was running away from the She's aliens. still running away from the aliens. She got away from that one and there's another one. Yeah, exactly. That's looking perfect. It's kind of perfect. <laughs> you nailed it. All right. The perfect, no one will save you. Our final, our final thoughts are, As told by Vince, the perfect movie to watch with your significant other, make out on the couch, and not miss too much. Yep, that's That's basically, that's Vince's letterbox review. Not too scary, so it's like perfect for the people who aren't like into the horror horror stuff. super horror. It's great. It's good. I loved it. Yeah, I'm right in there with like a three, three and a half, because like it it really did 
impressed me on a lot of levels that I did not expect it to. There you go. If you made it to this part of the video, we assume you've probably watched No One Will Save You. What's the biggest thing that Vince and I got right? What's the biggest thing we got wrong about this movie? Did you end up making out with your boyfriend or girlfriend in the middle of it? Exactly. Did we let you know something about the movie you didn't catch before because you were making out with your boyfriend or girlfriend (laughs) or your partner? Like, let us know if we helped you out in that aspect or let us know what other spooky or any movies you'd like us to watch because we're always down to check out different things and we like a lot of different movies. Obviously, if you... Check out our channel, our podcast. There are so many different types of movies that we've watched in the past, from Marvel to scary movies to absurdist movies. Bo is afraid. Like, we're all over the place. So don't be afraid to let us know what you want to see, and we will try to check it out. Anything else from you, Vince? Nope, that's about it for me. Okay. Well, we hope your 2023 spooky season has been going great. Hopefully as good or better than ours. Check out all the spooky movies. Check out our podcast and other videos. And please subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on the Positive Wine Play Podcast.